Hey, welcome and good day to everybody. My name is Michael Asplund. I'm the executive director of the Institute for Homeland Security here at Sam Houston State University. And I'm very excited to uh, have you come in and participate with us in the first episode or episode zero, as, as we like to say, of Structurally Sound, which will be the podcast for IHS. Uh, I am here with my co-host, Grant Threat. I'll let Grant introduce himself here in just a minute. My background, uh, I uh, have a prior, have a lot of prior experience in law enforcement. I uh, worked for 26 years in a couple of police agencies in California. Uh, during that time, I got a master's degree in public administration. And from that, was able to start working in academics, teaching as an adjunct at a, a number of different police uh, uh, college campuses, both virtually and in person. Uh, eventually, that turned into a full-time job at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California, after I retired. Uh, and then, as uh, life happens and the, and COVID hit, I thought it would be a good idea to sell everything I owned in my house and drive around in my RV, working, quote, remote, as it were. Uh, during that time, the uh, state of Texas uh, decided to fund a new organization at Sam Houston State, uh, and that is how the Institute for Homeland Security came into being. And from my RV uh, parked at a county park in Monterey, California, I applied for the job and got selected and then uh, made my way here to Texas. In fact, one of my uh, questions at my final interview was, was I willing to relocate? And I said, yeah, I could be anywhere in the country in 96 hours, which we took a little bit longer, but that's kind of what happened. And since that time, we've I've been leading a group of uh, very competent and dedicated folks to start the Institute for Homeland Security from the ground up. And as we were now just entering our third year of existence, and I have with me uh, as a co-host, uh, colleague Grant Threat, who's one of my project managers. Grant, why don't you say hi to all the folks out there and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Mike. I'd be glad to. As Mike said, my name is Grant Threat. I'm a project manager here at uh, the Institute for Homeland Security, or IHS, as we like to affectionately call it. My story about uh, how I came to uh, security and resilience and homeland security, I started my career, had a, a long time in aerospace working um, as a hardware development engineer by training. And uh, after that, I had another career in subsea construction internationally. And and to me, when I think about that, some of the uh, some of the aspects that <clears throat> carry over very well when you're on a space station or uh, doing work remotely in another country with limited resources, uh, limited availability, it's uh, important that you're able to solve your own problems and and be resilient and. So it, it lends well into the security space and, and being resilient. During COVID, as, as a lot of people were uh, working remotely, things change. And I had an opportunity to join Mike here at the Institute for Homeland Security as a project manager up in Huntsville, Texas. So yeah, I've been, uh, been working uh, with, with the uh, Institute since then, and and plugging myself in, finding new opportunities to uh, to find ways for uh, resilience and and security improvement in Texas. All right, thanks, Grant. Appreciate that. So, 
Before, you know, what I want to do is uh, in our in episode zero, kind of talk about the history of the Institute, how we stood up and some of the some of our journey in terms of uh, getting forming up. Is it forming, storming, norming and conforming? Is that the right forming, uh, storming, norming, conforming, norming, something like that? Something I don't know. Like that. There's a process. We have a guest coming on in our next episode. He doesn't know this, but I'm going to be quizzing him on that. So hopefully if he listens to this, he'll be prepared to answer those questions. Uh, so, Clyde, you better get ready because I expect a lot out of you. Um, of course, he's sitting right here because we are recording these back to back. So I'm totally putting him on the spot. I do want to give a so so before we talk about what the structure of the podcast will be, I do want to give a shout out to the mass communications department uh, here at Sam Houston State University. Our producer is Marcus Funk, who said that he wasn't going to say anything until the end of the broadcast, but he's sitting right here. So. Marcus, thank you for uh, being here and participating and supporting us. No, I'm I'm stoked. Um, you know, I I PhD in journalism, study podcasting, talk a lot about podcasting, and I just love the opportunity to get my hands dirty. Um, I grew up watching a lot of Frasier as a kid, and so I feel like I'm working on the radio side of Frasier and talking to Frasier's dad with all the law enforcement experience and everything. So I'm stoked. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, you just introduced dad. So uh, I think that, you know, one of the things as we go through the podcast is it's very important to hear uh, bad dad jokes. So yes. maybe that's one of our tags as we go through this. Uh, so why don't I just kick it off with why is it hard to be married to a bridge operator? Over time, it takes a toll. It is critical <laughs> infrastructure and transportation, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, it's a nice time. Okay. I think what's important also is to recognize that this is this partnership and uh, at IHS being part of Sam Houston State University, our focus is our students and making sure that they not only have an education and walk away with their degrees and their academic achievements, but also prepare them for entering the workforce. And one of the big focuses of IHS is to engage with students across the campus to uh, gain some a skill set, if you will, so that when they leave here, it's more than just writing that I got a degree from Sam Houston. It's I worked at IHS and helped with a project plan, or I worked for mass communication and helped with a podcast or planning. We actually also, if you you notice, we've got a very clever uh, icon or mark, as they say in uh, uh, graphic design. Uh, we engage with an organization called the Idea Factory which is a small business here on campus over at the art department. And if you're interested in doing some work or getting some work done for yourself, you're, you can work, you can hire them and the students get experience. In fact, all of our branding, our marks are all developed by uh, the students over at um, the art, the idea factory. So I just wanted to start by talking about broadly, this is who we are. This is how we partner across the campus. And with that, let's. Uh, I'm going to turn it back over to Grant so he can kind of uh, talk about what we're doing with our podcast, where we want to go, and why you should listen. Yeah, so uh, Structurally Sound is the podcast, as Mike said, for, um, for IHS. And our, our institute is a thought center for research and professional development in this uh, security and resilience space for uh, protecting critical infrastructure in Texas. And what we're going to do with this podcast is you'll be hearing uh, that we feature the stories of people working in critical infrastructure. Uh, and that's in, in all the different sectors of critical infrastructure that we depend on day in and day out. And we'll hear what uh, people 
in in this in these industries in the security and crisis management industry have learned through their challenges um, and uh, you know what they've what they've learned that's worked and what's not worked. Um, we'll we'll be rolling out some of our cutting edge research uh, that is sponsored by the institute here, and talking about some of the uh, exciting professional development opportunities that we have going on. Uh, just as as a way to uh, help the listeners, you know, use this podcast to be a force multiplier in their own professional day to day lives. We want to be a value add, and we're specifically uh, trying to reach out and help small to medium sized businesses. If this is uh, if this is you that uh, have a security responsibility in your organization. Maybe a small security department. Uh, maybe there's no security department at all, and you're just wearing multiple hats because you're a small business. Then this is is who we're trying to talk to in this podcast. We we want to bring some relevance to security and resilience in the critical infrastructure space. Things that you can use right away. And uh, you know, Mike was talking about um, being a help to students uh, on campus. That's another big part of our mission. Um, if you're a student that is interested in uh, the security space and interested in critical infrastructure um, resilience, then we'd love to hear from you. And this podcast is uh, intended for you, or maybe you're in early career or considering getting into the critical infrastructure and security space. Um, you know, th- these, are, these are the stories we want to highlight that should be meaningful to you. And just to jump in for a minute, uh, your point about understanding what is critical infrastructure protection, security, and resilience. We are housed in the uh, Department of Criminal Justice. We're part of the Criminal Justice Center. We have a number of institutes here. And what we discovered is people come in to get degrees in criminal justice, and we also have a bachelor's and master's in security studies. And the focus generally is on, okay, well, uh, CJ, uh, Homeland Security, that's government. But the, the truth is, is there's a whole private industry element to this that people going in and getting these degrees don't always consider. In fact, the conversations I will typically have with people is I'll ask, so what, what do you want to do after you graduate? And I'll get, well, I'm going to be a police officer. I want to be a SWAT officer. And I'm like, well, hold on. You can't just go be a SWAT officer. You got to be a cop first. And as you get to talking to him, you realize, well, maybe I'm not seeing that um, uh, mindset that would lend this particular individual to be effective in a criminal justice career, but there's other opportunities where you can be just as effective. So that's kind of one of our hopes too, is to reach out to the, to, to give students a, bro- a broader understanding of what they can get into. Yeah. So um, we're going to plan to put this podcast out. You'll find it on first and third Mondays every month. And um, we're, we're going to have a, a host of different guests joining us and uh, just have a conversation about what they've learned, what's worked, what doesn't work, what people ought to know, and um, you know what, what can be a, a valuable uh, nugget of learning for, uh, for the listeners out there in podcast land. And so when I think about what I, what, what I would like to be able to provide and what Grant wants to be able to provide, we'll, we'll try to always be here together as the, the tag team going back and forth. There's always a possibility that um, we may be flying solo with our guests. And then, of course, Marcus is always sitting here. So I just make, might make him a junior co-host now and then. Um, 
Uh, of course, the requirement is he needs to come in with a bad dad joke uh, as part of his uh, contribution. Oh, I got plenty. All right. I good. got plenty. Don't. I, I have a 10 month old. I got a deep well of dad jokes. <laughs> New dad. Well, it's a requirement. Grant's got like 45 kids and I've got three. <laughs> so uh, grown and, and actually a grandchild that just showed up in the world. Um, there you go. So um, I wanted to, I just took myself totally off track, which I love doing. Fortunately, I've done radio before, so I know it's better to keep talking than just do this. Don't make noises. You're oh, you're messing sorry. me up. It picks it up. That odd silence like, did my radio just go off? So where, where I think about uh, what we want to do with the co- podcast is take theory to practice and practice to reality. And that's why we've got all of those elements here as we bring in, bring in guests to actually put a face to this. So you're like, oh, uh, airplane operations, port operations, energy, uh, energy development. Protecting facilities, healthcare uh, practices. How do you deal with uh, crisis management across all those places? If you want to be real clever, uh, you know, I'm going to assume we can put links to things on our description. We'll put up a, um, a, a link to the website, uh, Cybersecurity and Critical Infrastructure Administration, CISA, that uh, is the federal organization. It's a parallel with. Uh, FEMA, and they have the same jurisdictional boundaries. I'm getting into a lot of details that probably the average person is like, well, I don't care about that. But there are 16 identified federal critical infrastructure sectors. So you'll hear us referring to sectors and different. Uh, we we right now have a focus of eight. I won't run the list because we can talk about that later. But uh, my hope is, is that we can give you that that again, theory to practice, practice to reality. So you can either be spurred on to take advantage of some of our other free programming and training that's available through IHS and apply it to either your career building or as you work on uh, your college degree here. I wanna add that when you think CIP, I'd kind of referenced this before, most folks think government, Homeland Security, public safety, CIP, uh, critical infrastructure protection, but in reality, uh, I think we've made the case that it extends well beyond government and into private industry. And what's interesting is when I think back to my career, uh, I was a police officer with the Santa Barbara Police Department, and we had something called the Unusual Occurrence Manual. And what do cops do? Well, we enforce the law, investigate criminal activity, and engage in crime prevention activities, whatever those things might be, the three pillars of law enforcement. But the other part uh, responsibility we have is everything else. And so we had this manual, and if an earthquake happened, we would, and I was on patrol, and I was working the west side of Santa Barbara, beat six. I mean, I'm remembering all this as I'm talking about it. I would take out a binder. Yes, folks, we had binders. There were no smartphones. There wasn't an easy reference guide. We actually carried big boxes of books and things that we, you know, books, libraries. Um, so I would get out this, my unusual occurrence manual, and it would say earthquake. I go to earthquake, I go to beat six, and it would say, go check the watershed here, go check the tower there. And all the critical infrastructure elements for the city, we as first responders had to go out and make sure there weren't cracks or there weren't, they weren't down. And, and every possible disaster event, terrorist event, you name it, it was in that manual. And so, but again, you don't realize how tied in every job, every mm. profession has some connection to critical infrastructure, chemical, energy, healthcare, transportation, supply chain, commercial facilities, 
uh, information systems. You just keep on going and it all wraps together. I've been going enough. Did you have, uh, do you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, I, I was just going to say, even, even getting to work in the morning. I mean, you, you depend on critical infrastructure everywhere, you know, all day long. Um, like you were saying for the water you drink and the electricity. And nowadays the, uh, uh, manual of unusual occurrences. Unusual occurrence manual. But oh, you got it. Close. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it, it, no doubt, uh, there's an online version of that. What happens when the internet goes out? What happens when our cell tower communications are out? Uh, people probably may not have binders, you know, but it, that's part of the resilience thinking. Like, what? What if? What are you going to do? Um, so, you and I, uh, Grant and I, went to a port security conference in Boston a, a month ago in July. July. So July. it's a little bit more. I remember walking through the vendors area and this, the unusual occurrence manuals are alive and well, and there are, are versions that go on smartphones so you can download it, but they're also that goes with it a book. So we still haven't got away from the book if everything fails. Well, let me just uh, jump into a quick overview of uh, our Institute. We have four pillars that drive us. The first is everything we do needs to have a Texas nexus. So as we look at critical infrastructure topics, relevance of research, training that comes out of it, we want to make sure that we are supporting the state of Texas. We try to stay one step ahead, which means that when we're looking at what are the emerging issues coming into, and, and it, again, when you go look at that CISA website, you'll see that there are 16 critical infrastructure areas. So there's lots of work and and cross collaboration. So how do we as an institute stay one step ahead of what's coming down the pipe? The third one is we want to complement to complete. And that means that in this space, we're just a small organization. We've got about 15 to 20 uh, folks on the team, depending on whether schools in or out of session, because we have a number of student workers that um, uh, are part of our uh, putting our completing our work. And the point is we're not going to compete with a place like Texas A&M who has a disaster city, but there might be areas where we can complement the work that they're doing, whatever those lineups might be. And then finally, if you haven't figured it out yet, we are disruptive, but helpful. Thank you. Yes, we went, but we're going to close with In fact, I think that's our closing tagline. Uh, and we'll get to that later. Uh, for us, we want to, uh, uh, our core purpose is to stay one step ahead transforming knowledge to protect critical infrastructure protection. And we want to provide innovative value-added knowledge tailored to the needs of industry and public institutions to protect critical infrastructure, uh, protecting the, the nation and the Texas economy. Now, out of that, there's three major activities that we have going. The first is to create a network of professionals, which we've been doing over the last two years. The second is to complete research. And so uh, what we've done to date is if you are, and this is to all the current practitioners and professionals out there in the space listening to this, if you have some idea where it's like, you know, I've been working in CIP or some element of CIP for the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or I'm at my end of career, uh, and I have something that I want to write on that I want to share is like, hey, here's some knowledge that might be valuable to the, to the group. We're here for you, and we have a, pro a place on our website. In fact, there'll be a link to our website on the podcast uh, information. Uh, I don't know. So explain, you know, what is that called? Show notes. Show notes. There'll be, we have some show notes. Technical and, term. Yes. yes. And in the show notes, you'll get our website and the other information that we have. But if you navigate to the research tab, 
you actually can submit a research proposal to us. And don't be intimidated. We're only looking for anywhere from three to five thousand word a three to five thousand dollar three to five thousand word Word. document that we will compensate for, uh, depending on what it is and if we've got a need for it. So if you go check out our what we're calling them technical papers, we've got twenty published now. We've actually got thirty in the pipe that we'll see starting to get published over the next month, and on on variety of topics. So you know when you think about research. There's new idea research, which is, hey, I've got this idea, and this is expanding the knowledge base. So if you go through the paper and you see something like, hey, that's interesting, but have you considered this? We still want to hear from you because we're, we, we have a whole section on workplace violence, for example, and we've probably got seven papers that have been written on the topic. So we're aggregating all those together, and we'll be looking for additional information if you've got something to add. And then the next area, so I talked about networks, I've talked about Research is training, and we have a whole training cadre right now. Um, get ready. I'm going to ask you to talk about the Thought Leaders Conference in a minute if you want to pull that up, unless you want me to talk about it. Happy to, happy to have it go. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but our training is uh, focused on a couple of areas. First, a professional development course that helps those who are in higher ed, I'm uh, not higher ed, critical infrastructure protection managers and executive leaders on how to be better informed on CIP issues. We also have a whole series for learning the skill sets and the, uh, getting oriented to a variety of critical infrastructure, infrastructure protection topics from chemical and energy, transportation, cybersecurity, healthcare, and uh, introduction to CIP uh, and crisis management, as well as emergency management. So, and then we have a third area, which is our conferences and gatherings. I'll, I'll stop talking for a minute and I'll give you a chance to discuss that. Sure. So uh, Mike was alluding to our Thought Leaders Conferences coming up in October uh, 2024 this year. We're going to be putting on a free, uh, a free conference there. And, and the idea, the topic of the conference is what if we got found ourselves involved in a gray war with a, a geopolitical adversary, uh, a, a near peer, if you will, you know, nation state that is intentionally trying to disrupt our ability to function as a nation, essentially. So, you know, this, this is the critical infrastructure space where, um, you know, there's, there's going to be, um, maybe disinformation that could be, um, you know, AI based or, uh, or false information that's deliberately, um, you know, put into, our different uh, data networks, uh, cyber attacks, um, anything to disrupt supply chains and and just uh, limit people's ability to uh, depend on the critical infrastructure. And, and all of this as a coordinated um, or intentional, at least, if guerrilla kinds of attacks uh, by a, a nation state that, you know, doesn't want to engage us in a hot war, but uh, wants to engage us uh, in this kind of economic disruption, uh, in, in order uh, to non-kinetic, mm, non-kinetic engage, war, right. Non-kinetic yeah. engagement. So cool. Thanks for that. Uh, now this will be airing on October 2nd, which will be about eight days before the conference is scheduled to go. I, as much as I want to say, you know, we're running out of space. Uh, well, we are kind of out of space, uh, even at the recording, but that's all right. If you, uh, look at this. She's like, boy, I'd really like to attend. You'll need to let us know right away. And 
Uh, I don't know if we'll have a wait list depending on where we are, but there's always that opportunity. Uh, so, you know, Marcus, I wasn't going to make you part of this, but here you are. You've been sitting here listening. I think we've kind of touched all the bases, touched all the bags, as it mm -hmm. were. Uh, what are we missing right now? What? Are, what? Are, anything you want to ask us? You, you can be that. Hey, we can take a caller, Marcus, on line two. <laughs> what have you got for us? No, I think we've covered just about everything. Uh, logistically, we're looking at the first and third Monday of every month. We want this to be really, uh, you know, practical resource for a lot of people. And I think it's really easy, you know, talking about gray wars and, and you know, it's, uh, you know, politics and infrastructure can feel really intangible, you know, and y'all are really taking a nuts and bolts approach to things. So at this conference, it's not going to be theoretical ramifications of which adversarial country might escalate a Cold War again. You know, it, it's, it's not about that. It's about the nuts and bolts of, OK, how do we make sure the lights stay on and the air conditioning keeps working? And I think that that's a private sector question. That's a public sector question. That's an academic question. And I'm excited. This is an area that I know almost nothing about. I know I get really cranky when the power goes out At, since ever since the freeze uh, winter storm area a couple of years ago. It just it, it just pushes all of my buttons. But I, I'm really excited to learn and I'm really excited to, to tag along. So I appreciate the opportunity. Good. So we just added a third co-host. Marcus Funk will be effectively our man on the street. And uh, we can go to him as, hey, for a guy who knows nothing, tell us what your reaction is to this stuff. So there it is. Now we're a team of three. Well, with that, uh, I would like to thank you for uh, being here, both to Marcus and Grant. And I look forward to uh, future engagements with uh, and our future guests who will help inform the space uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, please do so. They'll be in the product show, no show, show notes. notes in the show notes. In the show notes. Um, jazz fingers here. <laughs> you can't which, hear which jazz we just fingers. Did. No, well, we all just did it. That's the best part. Um, <laughs> in fact, I think from now on, if we ever say show notes, it will always be the the, the move, the quiet moment. Listeners at home, do your jazz fingers. Yeah, there you go. Jazz, jazz fingers. It'll start being subconscious. Yeah, I know. Just, that's, they'll that's hear, the you know, and they'll just and they'll see their hands what's moving. Going Why did they get quiet? I don't understand. <laughs> so, well, listen, on behalf of the team here at Sam Houston State University, and uh, just thank you for listening in. I hope that we were somewhat entertaining uh, and I just we will look forward to seeing you guys, or at least we'll connect in two weeks and just remember, here at IHS, we're disruptive, but helpful. Have a great afternoon, or day, or evening, or whatever. Structurally Sound is the podcast for the Institute for Homeland Security at Sam Houston State University. It is supported by the College of Criminal Justice and the Mass Communication Department. Our hosts are Michael Asplund, Grant Threat, and Marcus Funk, who also produces and edits the show. Our music was written by Kevin Clifton, and the artwork was created by the Idea Factory, part of the Department of Art at Sam Houston State. Additional support comes from Shannon Lane, Rose Cater, Charles Henson's, and enthusiastic Bearcats everywhere.